the ninth chapter, starting in verse 2. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and brought them to the top of a very high mountain where they were alone. He was transformed in front of them, and his clothes were amazingly bright, brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for the three of them were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud, This is my son whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I introduce to you today a new concept in the midst of our pandemic life. I like to call it the COVID stare. Sometimes at the dinner table or, or upon the couch after the kids are asleep, my wife and I find ourselves saying to each other, hello, anybody home? My mom used to say, earth to Kevin, during these times. In pre-COVID times, this stare into nothingness usually happened when life circumstances were truly overwhelming, when our minds are tied up and life is just too much. So it looks like we're staring at the salt shaker in the middle of dinner, pondering how many grooves that it has, instead of being present in the conversation and action around the table. These staring moments used to happen under high stress and high anxiety times. Now it could be any random Tuesday. We've all been living a higher stress existence for almost a year now. We've gotten used to it and made adjustments because that's what we do, we adapt. But the COVID stare is still a reality. In our home, it's a reminder that even though we've adjusted to life, we are still in a heightened time of stress every day. And it's really difficult for us to be present in the moment when we are otherwise so consumed. Our scripture today is always one of those moments that takes us by surprise. In the lectionary readings, we have been working through the first chapter of Mark, seeing the beginnings of Jesus' ministry. Now, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the top of a mountain, and all of a sudden, this rapid succession of extraordinary events happens. Jesus has this incredible physical transformation, where his clothes dazzle with an incredible brightness, and his bodily presence is somehow altered. Then Moses and Elijah appear on the scene. These were the two heroes of the people of Israel, representing different eras of their life and the examples of true faithfulness. Then a massive cloud overtakes everyone on the scene. There's power and fear in this moment. And then a voice from heaven booms, This is my son whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Let's break down this scene. First, Jesus has a physical transformation, what we call the transfiguration. 
This type of bodily transformation is promised to the righteous after their deaths in the new life. And somehow it is already happening to Jesus. The transfiguration is a, is a preview of Jesus' return. And it's a preview of the new bodies that we will receive in the new creation. Then Moses and Elijah appear with the transfigured Jesus. Moses and Elijah are often considered to represent the two guiding paths of Jewish thought and of the Hebrew Bible, the law and the prophets. They also had significant moments in their lives on the tops of mountains. God met Moses at Mount Sinai when Moses was there to receive the law from God. None of the Israelites could come with Moses because God's presence was so powerful in that cloud. And God met Elijah on Mount Horeb when he was running away from King Ahab and Jezebel. And God met him in the still, small voice. Both Moses and Elijah were at low points in their ministries and lives when God met them on the mountain. Then the whole scene is overtaken by a massive cloud. Clouds are symbols of God's presence in Scripture. A cloud went ahead of the people of Israel all through the wilderness and they, when they wandered in the daytime. The cloud was like an enveloping tent, far more effective than the small booths or tents that Peter wanted to set up. And then God's voice is heard, acknowledging Jesus just like he did at his baptism. He said those same words, this is my son whom I dearly loved, whom I dearly loved. But then he adds these words, listen to him. In one sense, this signifies that the authority that Moses and Elijah had to speak for God has now been passed on to Jesus. He is the authority now. And as such, Moses and Elijah disappear from the scene. And in our narrative, Jesus has just finished a prediction of his death on the cross. Listen to him also means that they need to pay heed to the reality that the Messiah must suffer and die. So that's the story. I'd like to focus, however, at this idea right in the middle of the story, an event that has little to do with God's action all throughout this short encounter, of which there is a lot, and more to do with how we react to God's actions. I want us to consider this idea, being present in the moment. Peter wants to build three dwelling places for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. I sympathize with Peter here. He wants to make the moment last. He wants to soak it up for all it's worth. But Peter is sort of like the friend who in the middle of a wonderful moment together says, let's take a picture and kills everything about the moment. The moment has all of the life sucked out of it because we are busy trying to memorialize it instead of just being present right in the midst of it. Some of the wisest advice from the sage movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off is this. Life moves by pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Ferris Bueller was about 35 years early to the idea of mindfulness that is in vogue in every counselor's office and most self-help circles today. The idea of mindfulness is to be present where you are. Rather than thinking about somewhere or something else, the practice of mindfulness allows us to be here. Mindfulness is the exact opposite of the COVID 
stare. For when we have transfiguration moments in life, they pass by in a flash. They go really quickly. There is not time to make plans to make thatch roof tents and put them together. And even though these moments on the mountaintop are fleeting, they are foundational. If you've ever had a moment where you sense God's presence in a powerful way, you might find yourself asking, I wonder if that really happened. Or if you were with someone else, you might ponder with one another, do you remember when this happened? As a way of making sure that you really remember it correctly. For we are not used to or accustomed to the transfiguration moments. I imagine that after this moment, when they were alone, Peter, James, and John would ask each other, so do you remember that day when we were with Jesus on the mountain? And they found great comfort when their buddy would report the same events they experienced. I'm not completely crazy, they might think. Those disciples needed their experience of God validated since it was so rare and unique. Here's what I want us to ponder today. Are you in the position for a transfiguration moment? You might think, I don't think that someone is just going to change in front of me in dazzling clothes and Jesus will appear. That's not the point. The deeper question that I'm wondering is this. Do you think that God can do amazing things? I think that spiritually we live in a way that puts us into the COVID stare mode. It's like we walk around and don't expect that God could ever intervene or do anything noteworthy. I read about this idea this week that was supposed to be about productivity and not getting distracted. It was a simple idea of turning your cell phone on do not disturb mode throughout the whole workday. I tried it a fair amount this week and it has been super helpful but I wonder if we need to live with the phone on do not disturb mode more for the sake of our souls than for the sake of our productivity. For on a daily basis, I am far more open to being interrupted by a scam call about my car warranty than I am open to the presence of God. So how do you need to live and respond to receive these moments of God's power and light? I would like us to think about our response in this way. Being present in the moment requires intentionality and review so that we don't miss out on the presence of God coming into our ordinary and extraordinary ways. One of the ways that we as a church measure if we are doing a good job at making disciples of Jesus is by a measure we call passion. A question that we ask about how we are doing in the area of passion is this. Where did I see God? today. I feel like I say this all of the time, but if even just a few of you watching today were to ask this question, where did I see God today, and reflect on it every single day, God would do some incredible things in our midst. We would see extreme and powerful examples of God's presence in our church's life. Why? Because we would be looking for it. As we prepare to enter into the season of Lent this week, I would like to introduce you to a prayer practice that might be a bit different for you. I invite you to look on the last page of the bulletin if you have it with you. If you don't have it, it's linked on the Facebook and YouTube pages where you're watching this video. Looks like this. And here you'll find a description of prayer called the Ignatian Examine. Ignatius of Loyola was a Catholic Jesuit over 400 years ago. 
And he developed this practice of prayer that is an extremely helpful way to be attentive to God's activity throughout your day. This five-step process is done best at the end of the day as a reflective practice. You can pray and think with this process. And I find it extremely helpful to write down in a journal each day. I'm going to try and do this examine every day this Lent. And I invite you to try it with me. The first step is to become aware of God's presence. For most of us, this means slowing down our thoughts so that we are able to reflect on the day without a lot of distraction. It might mean taking a couple of minutes in pure silence to find that God is with you now and has been throughout the entire day. The second step is to review the day with gratitude. When we do this, we are able to see and be thankful for the moments of ordinary where we see God's presence. We can look at conversations we had, moments that we would typically overlook, and work that we accomplished. If we get in the pattern of looking at our day with gratitude, we will find that we start to note things throughout our day that we want to mention. On Tuesday morning this week, for instance, while walking my dog on the one morning that it wasn't raining, I was able to hear the birds sing and see the beautiful sky as the sun rose. And in that moment, I was reminded of who I am and God's care for me. The third step is to pay attention to your emotions. As you reflect upon the day, what are the feelings that you experience as you think about it? Feelings in and of themselves are not holy or sinful. They're often keys to understanding who we are in relationship to God. In this time, be open to how God wants to speak to you through your emotions. The fourth step is to choose one feature of the day and pray from it. This means that we find a moment, maybe one where our emotions are particularly heightened or drawn from, and we pray about that moment. Perhaps it leads to a new understanding of a relationship or a desire to pray for people experiencing similar things. Pray out of this space. God speaks to you using your life. The fifth step is to look toward tomorrow. In this moment, you are looking for growth. How might God use this daily pattern of reflection and prayer to help you grow in depth of relationship with God? How can you prayerfully prepare to experience God in the day ahead? I truly believe that the only way to be present in the moment is to intentionally reflect upon the moments of our lives to see where God's hand was at work all over them. I invite you to join me this Lent to reflect prayerfully upon your days and to see how you experience God's presence in new and hopefully transfiguring ways. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.